307 on KDKA, the 26th day of January. You take a look outside and you realize that we've got snow coming down. It's kind of gray, kind of heavy. Uh, There's another reason why things are a little heavy today as well, and that is that it's uh, a time when we reflect and when we think and when we wonder what if, what might have been if things had been different in and around what happened uh, with World War II and with the Holocaust and with the extermination of some six million people. And we are joined now by a dear friend of the program and a personal friend, too, and that is Rabbi Charlie Savener. Charlie is joining us from New York City, where he is producing tonight a massive concert, and it's called We Are Here, Songs from the Holocaust to commemorate the International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Rabbi, it is wonderful to have you back on the program. How are you, my friend? I am doing great, Rick. Um, I'm at uh, 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 the Carnegie Hall, uh, the famous Carnegie Hall in New York, and uh, the performers are are, are getting ready uh, for uh, the event tonight. And um, what began as a dream about doing it here, uh, we have a a um, sort of called sold out uh, performance and it's uh, really exciting and I think it um, connects to not just memory but what's going on in the world. How many performers were you able to get Rabbi? How many has said yes that they wanted to be there for you? Um, We have 14 performers and 14 presenters. There were um, because there were 14 songbooks that were that were um, uh, collected of music that was written during the Holocaust in the camps and in the ghettos. And um, so we chose a a selection from each. And um, from the outset, um, this type of, this type of uh, event really, uh, you know, really resonated um, with the people who we asked to be here. We have members not only of the Jewish community, but uh, you know, the wider community as well. I'm sure that it was more than just your love for the Red Sox that got them to say yes, right? I mean, you didn't just call and say that you, know, you love the Boston Bruins and that you're a huge Patriots fan, and they said, okay, I'll sign up, I'll do it, right? I mean, when you approached them, did they want to know a little bit more about it? Did they, were they familiar, for instance, with these songbooks? Did they know about what was written in the, in the ghettos of Warsaw? Did they know about these things ahead of time? Or was it an educational process for you to help them understand? You know what's nice, Rick, is I know that because the Steelers are not in the playoffs, you have a lot of opportunity to research your questions today. And I appreciate that deeply. Um, And with the Patriots not in, I have time. You've got time to think of your answers. That's right. It's great. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, you know, my partner that I'm working with on the project, Ira Antilis, um, Ira's... uh, vision was to do the concert and we originally thought we would do it uh at a a synagogue Mm -hmm. and then ira said we're doing this at carnegie hall and i was like ira that's that's uh that's That's a that's a big ask right that's a that's a big (laughs) ask yeah but you know what um it was visionary Uh because it um sent a message that 
this isn't a Jewish event. Um, this is a communal event. And I think, um, I think, you know, and I'm, I might, it might be a stretch what I'm saying, but I think, you know, what I really admire about the way Pittsburgh responded to the tree of life massacre is that people understood is the hatred that was and the violence and the evil that was uh, unleashed that day wasn't just a Jewish issue. It was a human issue. Yeah. And so by moving the event to Carnegie Hall, we invited um, uh, members of different uh, faith communities to be a part of the experience. And they understood um, that everybody was welcome, um, not just to remember, but to work towards something better for all of us. Rabbi Charlie Savener joining us here on the program this afternoon. He is producing... Uh, a big event at Carnegie Hall in New York City tonight. We are here, songs from the Holocaust. Have you had a chance to see the whole thing? I mean, has there been a run-through that you've seen it, or is this going to be a surprise for you too? So I've been at rehearsals uh, the last two days, and um, actually I sat in on one uh, just about a week ago, mm -hmm. and I had read the music, you know, and I'd looked online and, and heard old recordings. And uh, the music has been translated, most of it, into English because we want it to, we want the language, we want the lyrics, excuse me, to be an invitation and not an obstacle. Mm. Um, and so, you know, we've retained the heart and soul of every song, but... Um, but we've made it, I think, contemporary so that um, every generation can um, enjoy it and be inspired and be moved and be moved by it. Um, and we're I'm just out, I'm just walked out of rehearsal right now. And actually, uh, I just want to um, say one thing, which, again, which was really my uh, co-executive producer's vision. Is. Um, he said when I asked, like, are you crazy? Carnegie Hall, the largest auditorium at Carnegie Hall, are you crazy? He said this music deserves to be played on the most prestigious stage in the world. And um, he was right. He was right. The assumption might be, Rabbi, that because these were songs that were sung in camps of Nazi-occupied Europe and in the ghettos that were reserved only for the Jews, that it is all somber. and But that's not always the case, is it? That sometimes there is great hope and that through that great hope of music, that's what gets you through. Is it a mix? Is it a mix of the, of the mood of the music? 100%. Anyone coming to this event expecting a two-hour musical eulogy um, will be surprised. Um, I have family that was murdered in the Holocaust, and I've, I, I focus a lot on, you know, their loss and the tragedy and the evil. Um, and I'm not sure I spent a lot of time asking what was going through their minds as they were facing um, uncertainty and maybe understanding that they were facing a certain end and what we what we what we um what we found what we found is uh in this music is that 
facing uncertainty, people thought about hope and community and family and faith. And uh, the music is deeply inspiring. The music um, is somewhat of a wake-up call to our age mm-hmm. about, you know, the worst of humanity and the resilience of humanity as well. And the Jewish people do not have a monopoly on that. And that's one of the reasons why we've invited diverse performers and presenters to join together in harmony here tonight. Will it be available online? If people can't be there, obviously, we're in Pittsburgh, you're in New York. Can they see it online? Um, Unfortunately, the concert is not going to be live streamed. Okay. Um, but there will be an audio recording. Um, but the good news is this event is really, has really, has really, uh, has, has really um, taken off. And so we've had communities actually from around the country ask us, when are we doing it there ah, next? Yes. And yes. that's actually, uh, that's part of the excitement that we feel. Um, There's been uh, other communities here in North America, and um, there's been some interest of doing the show also in uh, what we call Vilnius, uh, um, where a lot of this music was hidden and preserved, you know, in... Lithuania. Well, I owe you a phone call to talk about our trip to Israel. I will do that, but I know you've got a yeah. lot on your plate for tonight. I have to so see the pictures of you wearing mud. Yeah, <laughs> the Dead Sea. Yes, sir. I will. Uh, I will get those. Those will be for your private collection. Nobody else <laughs> is going to get to see those. All right. Uh, bless you for what you're doing. Shalom tonight, and uh, and Godspeed. Thank you so much for sharing this with us, Rabbi. We appreciate it. It's a real pleasure, and I look forward to speaking with you all soon. Yep. Thanks a lot. Always great stuff. Uh, Rabbi Charlie Savener joining us here on KDK.